You're listening to Around the Gorge, presented by the Big Red Sports Network, your weekly destination for Big Red Sports. This week's episode of Around the Gorge is brought to you by Big Red Fueling. Managed by sports dietitian Alyssa Harrington, Big Red Fueling is open five days a week from 2.30 to 4.45 at Bartels Hall, offering both in- and out-of-season athletes snacks to fuel their performance and recovery. On-site staff provide valuable knowledge to inform athletes of optimal snack choices based on exercise and personal goals. Follow Big Red Fueling on Instagram at Big Red Fueling for infographics about all things sports nutrition, including college-friendly recipes, post- and pre-workout suggestions, supplement safety, and much more. And welcome back to Around the Gorge, presented by the Big Red Sports Network. I'm your host, Ashley Hatstadt, joined by Trisha Saini, and we'd first like to break down what you can expect to find out on this podcast. This week, we will be covering and talking about men's tennis. First, we will explore the team's coaches, players, and season expectations. Then, we will move on to a recap last week for men's tennis, which will include a player interview discussing the game and season. Finally, we will finish things off with a preview of the season ahead so that you know what to expect down the road and what exciting games you should keep an eye on. Every week, we alternate sports to include every sport here at Cornell. If you are interested in listening to another team's episode, you can find all of our past episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts by following Around the Gorge. Be sure to check out our Instagram at CornellBRSN for sneak peeks of next week's episode so you don't miss out on future episodes. Moving right into our first segment is going to be a brief exploration of the men's tennis team. So the head coach is Sylvie Tanisiu. He joined the Big Red in 2011. Um, He's had a great career here so far. In 2017, he led the tennis team to an Ivy Championship, which was its first NCAA bid and its first NCAA tournament win. Tennessee was subsequently named the Ivy League Coach of the Year, and he's helped develop several players that would go on to win all Ivy honors. So um, that's super impressive. And he's assisted by Spencer Furman, who's the assistant coach here at Cornell. Furman earned a top 50 ITA singles ranking, and he's even got a top 15 spot in doubles. Looking at the players, fun fact, the average height on the team is above six feet. Um, Yeah, that's really funny. Senior uh, Vlad Melnick, uh, who we'll hear from later on in the interview, was the only Cornell men's tennis player to post a victory at the ITA Super Regionals. Um, He has a UTR universal tennis ranking of 12.55. He's from Australia, and he's not the only international on the team. There's a lot of players who come from different countries, including Australia, Romania, France, and Serbia. Moving on, the tennis team's expectation for the season, their Cornell received votes in the top 25 poll, but they were not in the top 25, and we're still looking to see from them some results in their spring season. So um, the recap of the week for men's tennis, um, Cornell's quintet of Bradley Poliska, Jack McCarthy, Adit Sinha, Aman Sharma, and Petar Teodorovic, they all participated in the ITA Northeast Regional hosted by Harvard in Cambridge, Massachusetts. That was held during October 21st through 24th. And Trisha, do you want to go into some of the specifics of what we saw in this tournament? Yeah, so leading up to this tournament, Tudorovic was looking to continue his previous strong performance, where he's, he had only lost eight games during his three straight set victories. And to qualify for this, Sharma played a pair of three set matches before he finally won the final match at the Northeast Regional. 6-4, 6-4, and finished his final spot in a single draw. 
Melnick, he handily won his first round match over Harvard's Alan Yim, posting a straight set victory and dropping just five games, 6-4, 6-1. However, he did lose in the second round to Colombia's Michael Zhang. Aman Sharma and Petar Teodorovic both fell in their opening round matches to players from Colombia, but they both played in the consolation draw, which featured Teodorovic advancing to the quarterfinals. So it was a successful tournament from the tennis team. And we're looking forward to seeing more of what they have in store for us in the spring season. Okay, so today we have a double interview, uh, double the fun, with sophomore Jack McCarthy and senior Vlad Melnick. How has your guys' training been up until now? Uh, well, we're happy to be here. Um, well, my training until now, well, I took a week off. I got a little bit sick, but until like the, the rest of the fall was pretty intense. Uh, definitely harder than the previous seasons. I don't know. We, after being a little bit unsuccessful last spring, the coach came up with a new you know, mindset. He said that we would train harder, train a little bit more, and um, he. I think he keeps his word. So it's it's been a really tough fall semester. We we were expecting it to be hard, but not this intense. So I feel like Jack can can support in this. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks for having us, guys. Um, yeah, no, it's been really hard. Um, not only, like, training harder, but playing so much more. I think we played double the events that we played last fall. Um, and, yeah, couple that with maybe taking an extra class here and there. Um, yeah, it's really difficult. But we've had, I'd argue, probably had better results across the board than some, for some of the guys. So um, I think it's paying off. Yeah, for me personally, I don't think fall is always great. <laughs> I think that usually my falls are, it's like the, the beginning of, you know, increasing the level because I usually start the falls very slow. I probably play my lowest tennis and and then like by the end of fall, it like gets better and better. And then like once we have like the, the gap between like end of fall semester and like beginning of winter, I, I have like that, that's where I can train a lot. And like that's where I improve the most. So then, when we go into spring season, that's when I can like play my best. Uh, the exception was probably my freshman year when I actually came in and played really well. But it's it all depends what you do over the summer. And this summer, my trainings weren't the best, so I think that affected the the fall the fall season. And the same situation happened last year. But I'd say I'm a bit unlucky because over the summer I usually tend to get like injured by the end of, let's say, beginning of August I, I get injured. So I have this tendency of like stop doing workouts and just, you know, taking some time and spend it with my family. Um, and then I get back here in fall where everyone is like super competitive. They, they want a spot in the lineup. They want, you know, they, they just want to be the best and play their highest level and then you 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 might play a guy who last year wasn't in the lineup and he might beat you so it's like a a wake-up call all the time for me in fall and then in spring that's when I when I start you know playing the actual tennis the the guys on the team always joke about it like it's fine Vlad like we need you in spring you don't need to it's a pain in the backside because I try to explain to the new freshman that he's actually good at tennis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just have to wait a whole semester and then they realize. 
So. How do you think that your new training regimen now in the fall is different than your past four years? Well, in my experience, um, I'd say the major difference is that every guy on the team wants to play tennis professionally. Okay, maybe not every guy, but I'd say 90% of the guys on the team were like a, a squad of 14 guys, right? So I'd say at least 11. At least 11 the guys, they want to play prof- professional tennis after they graduate college. And I think that's a that's a big contributor to, you know, the mindset of, you know, let's let's play, like train as much as possible. Let's let's I don't know, it's I'd say one like very noticeable difference is conditioning. Yeah. Is like we had I think I think I could someone can fact check me on this, but I'm pretty sure before the spring season started last year we were a top twenty roster in the nation off UTR. And we ended up being ranked in the fifties in the country, which if you look at that on paper is pretty terrible. And it's a very simple explanation for it. It was the fact that half our team broke down and got injured. Um, and so taking from that and learning from that, the most noticeable difference is conditioning every Every practice, every conditioning session is specifically tailored to make sure that what happened last year won't happen again this year. Um, and yeah, naturally, that's quite a large difference. Um, I think because we've set a goal of wanting to be like one of the best programs in the nation, whether it be this year, next year, whenever it is, um, we're trying to basically make um, make every guy a consummate professional, um, and that's reflected in the reflected in the to change the program already. No, yeah, I agree. Fitness and like conditioning and split a massive like part in our our game. Like I think every guy on the team is feeling better on court, um, and, which was a major issue last last year in spring. I remember it was mid season and we had three of our starters injured. We had Jack injured. We had uh, a dead injured and then Bino, Pietro. Pietro injured Evan Bino who was our captain last year injured it's, really, it's, really poor, it's like yeah and it's it's really tough to you know compete with like really high level teams when your main like the the starting lineup is is gone so it was like a lot of tension for the top three guys it was Alafia playing one I was playing two and then our freshman Radu was playing three and we were consistently under pressure to like, you know, keep those matches winning. Uh, and we had three new guys. We had Nathan playing. We had a uh, Jack, yeah, and then we had uh, a Dit. So it was really, it was just a hard adjustment for them to play the college matches. Like one thing is fall season when you play for yourself. Yeah. And then it's a completely different sport in spring. It's like, it's just like you not play for yourself, you play for the team. If you lose the match, I mean, you might win the match, but the team might lose. So that's like a, a big aspect and plays like a massive role. And uh, it's really hard when like, you know, the team is not fully healthy. Yeah. And that's where, what we're trying to avoid for the next, you know, this, like the upcoming spring and even this fall. We we're really cautious with like how we, how we train, the recovery that we do, we've actually improved the recovery as well. We make sure that we get like 30, 40 minutes of massage weekly, uh, as well as stretch a lot. And yeah, I think that's that's definitely much better than it was last year. Yeah. 
I was just saying one thing like about them being two different sports. I remember we played the Drake match, and I played like I played a guy that was pretty good at six, but it was my first like, proper tough college match, and I played so like nervous and like in terms of use the word tight. I don't know if that's universal in sports. Um, but I ended up winning. But I remember coming off the court and like these like little kids are uh, from like train at the center like handed me a tennis ball for, like for me to sign. And then some like uh, like locals came out to me and was like, great match. I didn't even know their name. And the, the, the feeling that I remember had that there were people that I didn't even know that know who I am. Um, I remember going into the next drill match that week thinking about how they're going to know if, I'm, if I lose. Whereas, and that just compounded it uh, so much. Um, so it definitely takes a year at least to get used to that. Whereas in the fall, no one cares about how you do really. You just... You, it's you competing for you, and if you do well, great. If you don't, it's not the end of the world. So, talking about the team, how do you see like the freshmen integrating into like college and tennis culture in college? Um, do you want to talk? I spent yeah, I probably <coughs> spent probably a little bit more time with the young guys in Vlad. Um, there because. Tennis is an international sport and we get international recruits, guys that have traveled the world and from different places, like me from Australia. Patal, one of our new freshers from Serbia. Um, Aman's been to half the countries on the planet playing. Um, you get some very interesting, interesting characters. Um, but the good thing is, is that the whole team is, is like that. So they fit in very well off court. Um, that happened very quickly, um, which is really good. Um, the biggest difference that I find uh, between a freshman and like my class of sophomores is being able to do everything that we do day in day out as a routine. So I think now that we're this far into the fall, they're much better. They they know what's expected of them, and they know how to conduct themselves as players who want to play in the lineup. But when you come in, um, you don't really you still treat yourself like an individual because tennis is an individual sport. So they don't really have a sense of how if they miss one practice, how that's going to affect the guys. Um, but now that we're this far in, almost heading into spring, um, I really can't fault most of them. Um, they've really adapted to that, that team responsibility really well, maybe quicker than some of us did last year um, in my class because we had six freshmen last year. Yeah, well, I remember when yeah. they all came in and we're, the amount of like upperclassmen was like, nothing compared to how many freshmen we had last year it was so from upperclassmen we had i think it was me alafia pietro who was we we didn't even know if pietro would come back he was like a fifth sixth year yeah <laughs> super, super, super. Uh, super senior and then we had our captain Bido, who wasn't here for the whole fall semester because he took fall off just to be back in spring and play for us so it was basically in fall, it was me and Alafia and Matt just taking care of these uh, freshmen. And um, to be fair, they adapted really, really quick because it, it's so much easier when you come in like with a big class. Yeah. Like you guys, it's like they create like a, like a cult, I'd say. I don't know. It's, it's like they're, they're together. They always like have lunch, dinner, breakfast together. So it's like, it's uh, it's it really helps. Like meanwhile, compared to me when I came in my freshman year, with I came in with Matt, so we we're just two freshmen, and we had 
a big class of seniors. So to me personally, it was easy to adapt. I, I like to communicate. I'm, I'm pretty social, so I, I don't have issues. I'm, uh, I can adapt to any like environment. Uh, so it was fine. While for Matt, I remember I kind of like had to push him to like, okay, let's go socialize. Let's, let's, let's talk. Let's, let's meet the guys. So it, it depends, but when there's like a big class of freshmen, that's, that makes life so much easier. Yeah. And I remember I was talking to the older guys from who graduated, basically my senior class, uh, when I came in the, the class of 2020, I remember they were like telling me like, yeah, it was so much easier than for you because we were five, five freshmen and we had no idea what was going on. And uh, it's just staying together helped us. So it's so much strength in numbers. Yeah. Um, whereas for these guys, they're a little bit more at numbers. This is only three of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. They. Um, I think just it's, you can simplify it, simplify it so much. It's just that tennis is an individual sport your whole life. And you come to a college where everything you do affects the guys around you. Um, but yeah, no, I really can't fault them. Um, there were... There were some mistakes that we made as a freshman class that I could actually say they haven't made. So, um, yeah, no, I really enjoy having them on the team. Moving back to talking about your training schedule, what's the biggest difference in your training regimen during the winter to prepare for your spring season as opposed to the work that you do for tournaments in the fall? Um, I'd say, just quickly, it's hyper-specific. Like, in the fall, you've always got a match around the corner. So you don't really want to hone in on something to just break it down. And yeah, it might not, like for me, it really adapts my, it's my shot and maybe two weeks it'll suck like really bad. Um, and then, you know, two weeks after that, it might start to get better and I build it back up to a, to a stronger position from where it was. But in the fall, you can't really do that because if you have a match a week from today, you don't really want your back end to be worse than what it is now five days from now. Um, so to me, that's just, the biggest biggest difference. Me and Vlad were here over the winter. Um, last yeah. winter, I couldn't go back, so me and him were just trapped in snowy Ithaca. And uh, it was it was good. It was it was, really, it was really fun. Everyone, I mean, a lot of people would say like, "Oh, you guys are crazy. Why are you like wasting your time in like Ithaca?" But we we made sure that we we make the most out of it. Like it was it was really hard for me to go back home. Just traveling is is it's just long, and then. I don't really like like training at home. When I go home, I just want to see my family and just spend as much time as I can with them. So I don't think about training whilst I'm here. Uh, all I think is going on the court, training, and then it's no distractions. And there's yeah. no really distractions. It's uh, it was just the perfect setup for us over the winter. I think we we were waking up at eight a.m., having breakfast, going to the court, training for two hours. Uh, then internship work in between internship work in between lunch back to the tennis court two hours of tennis then an hour and a half of fitness sometimes two hours of fitness and it was like that was cruel and then back home dinner internship work and sleep yeah. and that was like every day from the only distractions we had were ourselves yeah <laughs> that was it. Now, and I remember I had to take care of a some pets yeah that was really fun. it was uh, really fun. a family friend and they have like a uh, hamster <laughs> a hamster uh, a bunny and uh, two dogs so it was actually and, and fish and fish yeah 
So that was uh, that was a good distraction. It was just fun to hang with the pets. But overall, we, all we had to do is that was like that was something we did with really fun yeah that was everyone, like everyone else goes like and there's something like cool and exotic and then someone comes to us and they're just like what do you do in your winter and they're just like oh just to I, watched a, I watched a hamster eat a grape it was, it was, it was actually funny though it was entertaining for us at that moment because yeah. uh, at that point we were like so exhausted by the end of the week that everything we would do is just like to us was entertaining because yeah. once you get into this routine you don't really feel how the, the days go by so it's like it's another day let's go let's practice again and again and again and again and then it just like kind of like feels normal and it's like addicting like to me it's like it was like addicting so for one day i feel like everything is like something's wrong like i need to go back like there would be some days where we would like wake up at like 11 and then like wait we don't have practice like, yeah we'd like try and like cook something or yeah what? Like just drive random places. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember. I also had a car over the winter, over the winter here, so we were just like, you know, I'm kind of feeling like we should just do a drive. So we'd like drive for like two hours somewhere like out of Ithaca, just end up in the like a place with nice views and take a few pictures and then get back home. And and then did we start watching like a TV show? I forgot. Make it, make it sound like very romantic. I know it was. <laughs> it was very romantic. Yeah. That's it. It. <laughs> But yeah, no, training in winter, it's here especially, it's pretty fun and it's really helping development of the tennis game. Yeah. Like per, from my personal experience, that's when I grew the most. Uh, this winter, I'm trying to like after Thanksgiving to train as much as possible. Although we have finals coming in and it's, uh, we have a lot of studying to do, but I'm still trying to like keep the momentum and then I could take like a a week off during winter break where I see my family and, you know, and then probably by January 2nd or 3rd to be back here and get ready for the new season. Cause I think January 15th, we have a, a pro event in Ithaca. So all the guys will be here by 10th. 10th is like late, late. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, everyone has their own like schedule basically for for this winter. Most of the guys are going home and training home, but our coach made sure that everyone is has like a good good schedule. So when we come back, we're not fat. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah. You mentioned earlier like grabbing dinner, breakfast, lunch with your teammates. So what's your favorite part about being on a college team? Favorite thing about being on a college team in general? Yeah. Everything, honestly. Everything, yeah. Someone actually asked me this question on the takeover, and I gave this real sort of like cute, sentimental response. I was just like, I was like, yeah, my favorite thing is just like spending every day with my boys. <laughs> but like, it's so true. There's always something that someone does, and usually it's a very specific few, um, that do something that we will be talking about for the next like two months, and then they'll just do something else. I feel like the person who talk a lot is Matt because Matt is just he's just Matt. You just got some all star players. Always do something fantastic. Like Matt, Max, Radu, Radu, yeah, Tomas, yeah, Tomas. They're just a great starting four right there. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think I think I was actually talking to Tomas about this the other day. One of the things that I love the most about being like on a college team, particularly this one, is that always like Tomas said it best actually because Tomas is a super talented guy like double major math, computer science, involved in a lot of stuff outside the team. Like, definitely the smartest guy on the team. 
And he said that like, so he hasn't had a great fall this year. And he said like, you know, even though I'm, for like a better words, getting my ass kicked you know, on the tennis court, um, I always still feel like I'm progressing towards something. So yeah, he's like chasing down internships in the tech field right now, and that's going really well for him. But his tennis isn't. So one thing I I love about being here is like I'm surrounded by guys that are constantly progressing towards something. It's not just tennis focus. Um, and there's just like such a strong growth mindset. So I love the fact that I can like be in an environment uh, where that is like yeah, where that is the like priority of everyone. Um, kind of so, but I feel like our team has this mindset of you know problem solvers so our coach has this tendency of like telling us like you have to find a way like you find a way you always find a way and it's like when it's like repeating like every day like every single day for like a year two three it's like it just like it's automatically a mindset so that's what i love about this team because we all have like the same mindset like there is something you feel like you can't do it, like you need to find a way. Yeah, and actually, so it's like really problem solving uh, team, let's say. Uh, yeah, and the, yeah, actually, I, I actually totally agree. That's actually a really good answer. Um, the fact that every, like the team philosophy that is obviously most like um, visually and like obviously presented like in training or in a match actually carries itself everywhere. So I don't know if, if the boys can't find can't find a dining hall to eat at because we're too late and it's so cl- all close. Everyone just still starts talking about how we've got to fight and like find a new dining hall or like we'll do whatever we can to get food. And it's kind of ridiculous, but um, that like mindset just for some reason lays a foundation for like really funny, good, fine stuff to happen all the time. Um, but to give like a real specific example, yeah, like eating food just for the guys, it's so fun. They had the worst day ever and you come down and like watch Radu eat pizza with ketchup. And it's like just revolting and terrifying. Oh Someone can actually do that and enjoy it. Like it makes you realize that things can be worse. Like you can get a forty-five percent on your prelim, but then you sit there and watch a guy actually eat pizza and ketchup and enjoy it. I and, tell, and tell you that you're wrong for not eating it with pizza and ketchup. You think to yourself like, "Wow, I'm but it's not just it's not, not like pizza with ketchup. It's ketchup with pizza. Yeah, it's ketchup with pizza. Yeah, it's like I've never seen someone eat like." This much ketchup. It's funny because when I when I go to the North Dining Hall, I actually notice like if I get chips or something or fries, yeah. and uh, and I want to go put ketchup. Or there's no ketchup. Sauce, there's no, no ketchup there. And then it's just right because right on the North Campus. <laughs> so he's just he's just demolished all the ketchup. So yeah, for all the North Campus residents out there listening, um, yeah, he's your guy. He lives in uh, Dixon. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what for, um, but yeah, he's responsible for that. I mean, he's very noticeable because he always wears the oh yeah the camo. red. The, the, the camo, camo jacket and also the red Cornell tennis hoodie and underneath the red Cornell tennis hoodie it's a red Cornell yeah. tennis shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you would see him with red Cornell tennis pants. Yeah. But like the all red outfit but yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, there's actually a bit of a conspiracy at the moment whether or not like that's actually clothing or it's just his sort of exterior <laughs> shell that's sort of become part of his physiology. Because um, yeah, people don't really see him but wearing it to be honest so. It's really funny how people know him, but he just doesn't know. Yeah, him. lots of people know who Rado is, but he doesn't know anyone. Yeah, at all. So he actually somehow finds a way to, probably on a weekly basis, say the names of guys on our team incorrectly. <laughs> like I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> he does, but yeah. he does, and it's like it's not even joking. He just he's very he's serious just, about it. He's just thinking about how good his backhand is all the time, and he, and he can't he can't 
like take the time to process what the guy sitting in front of me is doing. So yeah, basically co- concluding why, like, <laughs> what do you like about this Such team? It's, it's just like <laughs> so. It's there's so much. It's like you can't really describe in one word or like give a specific thing. It's just like just every single experience with the guys. It's just like very. It's memorable and it's it always stays in your heart. So I feel like that's that's what keeps us in. Like that's why we love being on this team. Yeah. Well, adding on to your guys' answer, like I think for me being on the squash team, it's like somewhat similar. It's just it's really interesting to hear you talk about like how much time you guys spend outside and how much that affects your experience and your performance on the court. Because I know for us, it's like you're kind of growing up with these people, like whether or not you realize it, like every person, even like people in the graduating class or freshmen below you, like you have so much to learn through other people and you go through life with them. Like you like train with them, but it's also more than that because you're spending your weekends with them and you're winning and losing together. And it like, it fosters an environment where you're kind of like, these people have such a big impact on your life, like whether you want them to or not. And it's like, it's nice to hear you guys talk about how much time you spend together and how much it like impacts your life and your experience. So no, I mean, we also have what weekly uh, horror movie nights, but yeah, I mean Rob is the one that organizes the horror movie nights. He leaves after fifteen minutes. Just, <laughs> no, it's like I remember last spring we were playing so well, and I think the secret was that every time before our match we, we would watch like a horror movie. So we like, okay, let's go. He don't you and Rado or the team in general. Well, us. Oh, no, don't you remember last oh, last spring? Oh yeah. Every day, like every time before we had a match, we would oh, actually right. we would like have like twelve guys in my apartment just like watching porn. Was good, and <laughs> just really everyone would be like. And like, I remember the worst experience was watching Annabelle. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and we're like, twelve guys literally it's more scared like, to walk back home. I would actually go out on a scientific theory here that I would say that Annabelle may or may not be the scariest movie that we've watched because we're pretty tough. We've watched some scary ones, but it's got the highest uh, percentage or the, or the shortest amount of time between jump scares. So it's like a jump scare like, all the time. Yeah. And so you've got guys that have really like visceral reactions to jump scares and that makes it scarier. Um, so yeah, it's a, it has nothing to do with the question, but um, it is a, just an observation that I have. Yeah, I know. Like guys have time off, Tomas like, like screaming at Annabelle or something, or I don't know, Mo, just intensifies it. Yeah. Um, moving on to some more fun questions. Who has the best serve on the team? It is because last year was definitely a lot. Yeah. Last year, def- a lot year, I would even go ahead and say right now in the NCAA tennis, a lot has a top three serve. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like um, when he has like the good, good days, a lot used to like serve, and it wasn't just like fast. he could place like no, it was fast. Like yeah. that's the thing. He has so much power that like the, he could serve in the body. Like you would know where the ball is going, but like if you're not like ready. It's 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 dark. It's like we need to focus. We need to sit talk about who's on this team. Okay, on this team. I mean, because I, I uh, I'm a lefty. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I actually have a tendency of like having like a very like uncomfortable serve. Yeah. So I could probably be serving just like second serves. I don't even need a first serve, and I would like hit the second serve and still be very uncomfortable. Sometimes even like more convenient to hit a second serve than the first in my case scenario. Yeah, I would say um, best serve in general is hard to answer, but I would I could break it down. I'd say pound for pound, the guy with the most impressive serve for his size is a dit sinner. Yeah, he's six foot or six one, 
and he can serve it. 130 miles an hour if he wants. He serves rockets. Yeah, he can serve rocket, put like hit the cones if you put them out for him. Um, yeah, pound for pound, definitely a dick. The fastest serve is probably Bradley. Yeah. Um, guy that can just knock it for sheer pace. I wouldn't be surprised if he could get it at 135 miles an hour and he'd down there, which is well into like the top parts of pro serving. Um, but the, yeah, the serve that I find personally for me most difficult to return is Vlad. Um, just because I just find this box yeah and it's deep in the box so you can have a guy so it's really hard and fast but if it's not like in the right spot in the box you can sort of just take the pace and, and shove it back at him um, but yeah I'm glad that, like I didn't win a set against Vlad my whole life until this fall <laughs> I never won a set and I don't suck at tennis um, so, so and there was a very specific reason as to why I was losing that. It's because like she sucks so bad at turning serve. Um, but it's deep in the box. It jams you, and yeah, it moves away. It's lefty. So if you have a poor backhand like me, um, actually there could be opponents listening to this. I have a great backhand. Um, yeah, yeah. But if you if you hypothetically have a poor backhand, it's a nightmare. No, yeah, yeah, and it's like it's more like in my case scenario, it's more about like the placement of the serve and just yeah. the variation. So I don't usually hit like this, the same spots unless like I I don't know play a guy like Jack who doesn't have a backhand, <laughs> <laughs> and I just keep hitting the hitting the serve to his backhand until he understands what what he needs to do, and that's when I start switching the serve. But pretty much, I just uh, there's a lot of variation. And that's very uncomfortable for the opponents. Um, I'd say Nathan. Nathan also has a really, difficult uh, really difficult serve. And what's really hard about his serve is that it's like mo- a lot of movement, so heavy. and then and then he just rushes the net. Yeah. So he has this like specific, very like interesting game style, like serve and rushing the net. So it's like very uncomfortable for a lot of people. He's a very springy boy. He's got like an NBA player's vertical jump. So he throws the ball up, he hits this serve at super speed, moves around the air a lot. Yeah. And then by the time you hit the ball, he's on at the net. Um, so yeah. So yeah, we, need, like a, a we, need, we need to condense these answers. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think we're giving out too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, we are giving out too much info to finance potential opponent. But just to say, I, I'd say like every guy in the lineup has a really, really good serve. Yeah, we actually are a pretty good serving team. Yeah. Which is very... I, I haven't even thought about it, honestly. Until now. Yeah. I was thinking that, yeah. Because, like, I don't know. I'm, like, last year we had a lot of issues with servers. We had, like, I think Pietro, whose server is very soft. <laughs> very. Um, well, let's footnote that. It's very soft because of physical... <laughs> because <laughs> physical... But not because he was, like... Not yeah, no, yeah. no. He was absolutely jacked, but he had like some. It was an elbow issue. I don't think elbow. He was just like so jacked that he was it's, like very. Yeah, hard to maybe he's like lat gone away. He like tried to to bring the arm through. Or something. <laughs> At some point, he just like demolished his elbow. Yeah. With a, yeah. 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 You said you were a lefty, so is it true that lefties have an advantage or right-handed yeah. people in tennis? Yeah. How does that work? Um. So. Okay, I'm gonna think about how this. Um, biggest difference is I would say typically speaking the right hander has a weaker backhand and that backhand so the most common rally in tennis is cross court so if I'm playing Blight I'm rallying he's going to serve and he's going to go to my backhand and the safest place for me to go is back to his forehand now obviously I can do the same thing I can go to his backhand mm-hmm. um, 
but yeah, I don't want to do that because his back looks really good. Um, but like typically speaking, um, so you could say that is making sense. It's the same for both people. Um, but lefties play righties all the time and righties play righties all the time. So a lefty has hit the heavy ball into Jack's backhand, the right-hander, um, a billion, billion times. Whereas I never have to, if I want to target the lefty's backhand, I'm like, I don't, not usually going into that corner. I'm usually going to the opposite corner. That kind of makes sense. Um, so yeah, basically it switches up the patterns that you're used to all the time for the right-hander, but then the left-hand is playing the patterns that they always play. Um, so yeah, as a righty, you are instantly put into uncomfortable territory. But for us, we have four lefties on the team, three lefties on the team. So no, uh, we have me, Petal, Petal, Noah, Nathan, Noah, Matt, Matt, five, and Tomas, and Tomas. We have six, six lefties. lefties. Well, so what happens when they play each other? What about lefty versus lefty? Yeah, so I mean, for our team, that everything I just said basically doesn't apply because we play against lefties all the time. Um, well, no, to Sylvia made our head coach made like a very interesting. Oh yeah, lefty because there's a lefty group and there's the righty group. So right now I'm in the lefty group, so I only play with lefties. And I'm like every day I come to practice, I'm like, can I play with the righty, please? Like, yeah, because it's like That's it's every day with the lefty, and it's really uncomfortable as a lefty to play with the lefty yeah. because you're just not used to playing with the lefty. Right. Like ninety percent of the time, you play with the righty. And that's what our righties have every time we play lefty. So you're yeah. finally experiencing it. Yeah. Well, the thing about lefties and righties is that we have like a very speedy forehand and it's very uncomfortable when you hit like the forehand to the righties backhand. So it's like kind of like going up. So it, the righties always hit the backhand up and it's like soft. And if they hit the their forehand to the lefties backhand, lefties have the tendency of hitting the backhand very flat and low. They do. So it's really uncomfortable as well. Like it's just very, it's a very weird game. Let's say it's very all over the place. Not for us, obviously, not for the lefties, but for the righties, it is like it's all over the place. So it's very hard to like you know adjust. Yeah, a really good way to watch the difference is to watch an Adal match. Yeah, because I'm not saying that he wouldn't be this successful if he was right, but a large part of his success is because he's so good at playing the lefty advantage. Yeah. Um, he just has this pattern where he hits yeah. forehand cross, like takes the opponent out of the court, and then just goes in with the back and flat yeah. cross, and it's the point is pretty much over. Yeah. Or yeah. or at least like if he plays Djokovic, you can see easy that the same pattern is like forehand cross, and then Djokovic hits like let's say a ball towards the middle, and then Rafa either like basically turns and hits like a forehand inside out. Or just steps in and hits like a back and, and say Djokovic is good enough to run. I mean, he is really good at running. He gets the ball back in the middle, but again, it's defensive and gives a lot of position to for Rafa to like take take over and just win the point. So it's like it's such an easy play for for a lefty. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's just like the most convenient. It's like a classic, like forehand to the back end to the righties back and just like switch. And the ball is like more, it's like if you get a shorter ball, you step in and just like switch the, the down, switch it down. Like yeah, because play. Federer had a weaker backhand and Nadal had a winning record over Federer. And Djokovic has the best backhand of all time and Djokovic has a winning record over Nadal. So that shows you right there the difference. If you can sustain and fight that high backhand, you've got a better 
by chance. But yeah. there's only been a few guys in history that have been able to do that. So, so yeah. Again, long as hell answer. So. <laughs> um, well, on that note, uh, thank you guys so much for talking with us. Uh, we hope you have a great season, and we're definitely looking forward to following your results and supporting you at your home matches. So good luck, and thanks for talking to us. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a great experience, actually. Yeah, it's been good fun. Well, we hope you enjoyed that really awesome interview segment from Vlad and Jack on the tennis team. And now we're going to move into giving a rest of the season preview for the tennis team. So uh, they currently finished up their fall season, which consisted of a lot of tournaments and match play. And they will be going into their winter training block to prepare for their spring season. Um, Cornell will send players to the Futures Tournament at Michigan State in the coming weeks, and then men's tennis is off to their winter training block, so we're looking forward to seeing their results in the spring season. Looking at other sports happening around Cornell, both the basketball teams kicked off their seasons this Tuesday. The women's team lost 68-42 to against Colgate, but, and the men's team also lost a close one, 79-77 to against Boston College, but they won against SUNY Delhi on Thursday. 114 to 57. And if you want to hear more about these games, check out our new podcast, Big Red Ballers. The men's soccer team had their senior day as well this past Saturday against Columbia with a final score of three to one, um, as well as football having their senior day against Dartmouth, which was a huge win, 17 to 13. That's all for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed and learned something about the men's tennis team today. Please share with your fam- friends and families and follow the podcast on your platform. These two things help us grow the podcast and publicize Cornell Athletics the most. Once again, you can follow the Big Red Sports Network on Instagram at CornellBRSN or reach us at www.cornellbrsn.com. For Trisha and Ashley from BRSN, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Around the Gorge. Make sure to follow the podcast and our social media at CornellBRSN and we'll see you in the next one.